0: Welcome along to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast. I'm David Lovell. Delighted to say that joining me for this episode is the one and only Mr. Scott Young. Scott, how's it going?
1: It's going very well. I'm I'm very excited to do this. Uh, Anyone who's in the fight game group with us, I'm sure this is the podcast crossover they never thought they would hear.
0: (laughs) Well, of course, you are a regular (laughs) on The Wrap, or fairly regular on The Wrap. I mean, Keela's on there every week, and there's like a revolving door of uh, co-hosts on that show, and uh, you, uh, I know, are on there quite a lot, but you have your own podcast, of course. Tell us about um, Take a Knee for Marvel versus DC, and where folks can check it out.
1: So, uh so I do have Take a from from Marvel vs. DC, uh, where I do that with my co-host, Uncle Ozzy Killmonger, where we talk all things comic, nerdom, uh anything in the movie TV room. You can find me on Twitter, Knee for Marvel vs. DC. That's the number four. I'll uh, keep up with all that stuff. We put out a show every week talking about all kinds of different things. And I actually have been upgraded to a permanent co-host with Keela Cash on The Wrap. So you oh, can find me on okay. The Wrap every week as well.
0: That's great. Um, I don't follow WWE that much, but we'll come on to, we'll come on to that later. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to that. but um, let's go right to the very beginning then. So when were you first when did you first become a fan of wrestling? What's your earliest memory or the, the first time you would have seen wrestling?
1: So the first time I, I really saw wrestling and, and was like, wow, taken aback by it was WCW Nitro. I saw Goldberg, and I was in awe of
0: him. Just how old were you? I think talk? I
1: was probably maybe six, seven okay, years old. Fine. So just his raw intensity and just the way he plowed through people, I was I was amazed at what he could do. Um, so yeah, Goldberg for me was that spark, and I, I rode that Goldberg train all the way to whatever it was that he had going until he hit Kevin Nash. <laughs>
0: Well, he got hit by the, uh, what was it? Was it a um, cattle rod or cattle prod or something that Scott that Scott had? Yeah, it, it was pretty
1: much a taser. A yeah, taser, got tase. yeah.
0: But uh, so Goldberg was um, the first guy. Who, who were the other sort of guys around the time that, that really sort of captured your imagination as a kid?
1: So outside of Goldberg, man, the only other person that really that I really went out of my way to see was probably Booker T., Um, just because he stood out at the time. He was a bigger guy, but he had a little bit more of an athletic move set for his size. Um, And especially coming from a black home, it was always good to have that representation. So I always kind of gravitated to him a little bit for that regard as well. So Booker T was another guy that really did a lot for me. Uh, as far as just having somebody else to look to besides Goldberg. Goldberg was really it, man. Like I would tune in and watch the show and try to stay up as late as I could or as late as my parents would let me just so I could see Goldberg. And if I got to see Booker T, that was cool. Billy Kidman started to grow on me after I saw the Shooting Star Press. So that was really cool. He became another favorite. But it all started with Goldberg, man. He was he was the centerpiece. So when did you start to watch WWF? So now, when I started to get to WWE, uh, I gave I got a long break from wrestling after Goldberg lost to Kevin Nash. I I was devastated because I think I may have been like eight, and you know I didn't I didn't understand. I you know I'm, I'm a dork. I, I had like this little basketball league I played. And they had like three games. I didn't lose, and then I lost the game, and then Goldberg lost the match. And I just thought, oh my goodness, the world is ending. How could all this happen at the same time? This is just the worst thing ever. So I stopped watching wrestling until about my freshman year in high school. And I got back into it because of Shelton Benjamin. He had a match with Triple H on Monday Night Raw the the week after they had the draft where he got split up from Charlie Haas. And it was him versus Triple H in the main event. And he got a huge win. He hit this frog splash. Yeah, he won. He he hit the stinger splash in the corner, rolled him up huge victory the crowd went crazy and I've been watching WWE ever since then Shelton Benjamin is a huge part of that
0: and I think his match with Shawn Michaels is one of the best ever raw matches I would say it's got to be well up there yeah
1: I I agree with you I I think that match still holds up today I think you could put that match with anything and it's it's no downtime that's a right there On Monday Night Raw and you can tell the excitement in the crowd and JR when we see it's going to be Shelton versus HBK and this is this this is a Shelton that's getting a good push you know who people are like hey he might mess around and beat HBK here and I I mean that's a that's a great great match and that match may come up come up later on in the show.
0: Oh okay I'm sure we'll come back to uh, Shelton Benjamin as well at some point but um, the first live event that you attended so what would that have been?
1: So the first live event, which is going to be kind of shocking, I didn't attend any as a kid, and I didn't attend any until I was pretty much a grown man. It wasn't until 2010, I was 20 years old. I, my first one was when they came to Richmond and they had the draft, and I remember it because I was so excited, I thought I had really close seats to like the ramp, but what I didn't realize was these seats were behind the Videotron, so all I could see... Were the rear ends of all of these wrestlers walking out? And I could see them walking back in after their matches. And I could barely see the ring. I mean, it was a sold out building. And so that's my, you know, one of the big reasons. I had to move my head behind the Videotron. But I do remember seeing Edge come out. So, you know, back then having a three hour show and the draft was kind of a big deal you know, 12 years ago because it was treated a little bit better. But yeah, that's my, my first live event was trying to get behind the Videotron to actually see the matches.
0: The next question is, at any point did you stop watching? Did you lose interest in wrestling? So you stopped from 98 when Goldberg Goldberg Street ended right through until, what, 2004? Excuse <clears> me, <throat> 2004? yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's about right. And then uh, then I kind of stayed with it ever since. So, I you know I pretty much missed a lot of some of the best stuff ever. Like I missed you know Stone Cold at his peak, The Rock at his peak. I missed Triple H when everybody liked him. So people for- win and people you know were hating him.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was during the sort of reign of terror, as we call it, when Triple H had the title for all that time. Um, And uh, he really should have lost to uh, Booker T at uh, that year's WrestleMania. Uh, That would have been right before he started watching, sort of 2003, I suppose, was that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I've also also heard he, you know, already during that run, so you know i I caught him at a different time so i don't have that same disdain for him that a lot of (laughs) other people have
0: so from sort of 2004 to now has there been any other point where you stopped watching or have you sort of watched all the way through and you haven't sort of missed a show
1: i i've been pretty consistent with this since then you know i've I stayed with it through the ups and downs. I, I even got on the TNA train. I was really big into it when they had the X Division, especially at their peak with Samoa Joe coming in because I that was an alternative. It was something different. When Christian Cage went over there and formed his, his stable with Tyson Tomko, like, mm. There was a, I, I'm one of those guys who remembers when Tyson Tomko was one of the most over people in the impact zone and people wanted to see him as a top tier baby face. And they screwed that up. When Matt Morgan was over in the impact <laughs> zone, like I, I liked all that. So, I, you know, and, and WWE was always there and I always stayed consistent with that because Shelton Benjamin was always there. Randy Orton was always there. HBK was always there. They always had the top guys. And you knew that they were going to get some of these guys from Impact eventually and they were going to go there and you were excited to see what was going to happen. So there was a little bit of excitement of who was going to show up on Raw eventually.
0: And as far as your viewing habits now, I mean, you watch, uh, I know you watch Raw and SmackDown every week. I you do watch NXT as well quite, quite regularly, don't you? Or you check it out from time to time?
1: I I have, do watch NXT and I or NXT 2.0 and I have started getting into NXT UK uh, lately right. just because of the Walter match and then the the Heritage Cup match I like the rules with that so that's been fun to get into um, you know I'll check out AEW and impacts when they have something intriguing like the last impacts had Jonathan Gresham versus Steve Macklin definitely went out of my way to check that out you know AEW they there's always at least something. It's like, all right, let me see what's going on here. You know, whether it's Jade Cargill, whether it's MJF and CM Punk having a great promo exchange. The Darby Allin Sting stuff has been great. I think Darby Allin's been one of the best. Oh, yeah. One of their best projects that they should be most proud of out of anybody. They've done a great job with Darby Allin. So, yeah, I, I'll check those out on occasion. But, yeah, I'm a Raw SmackDown NXT. I'll, I'll watch those pretty much weekly for the most
0: part. Can so we have a sort of running joke where I know the other week you said you weren't going to watch dynamite because, uh, was it, this is us was on. And I was <laughs> like, well, it, it, it won't be your cup of tea anyway. Cause it's, it's a wrestling show and, and you're a sports entertainment fan. We have, it was kind of banter back and forth because of, uh, the fact that you're sort of considered the sort of WWE guy in, in the Facebook group. And a lot of people obviously don't watch WWE and are definitely more on the AEW train, but, um, Yeah, I mean, uh, you do, as you say, I mean, you do check out AEW from time to time and and I I totally agree with you about Darby Allen. I think Darby Allen, that guy should be, I mean, I know he had the TNT title run, but he could definitely be world champion down the road.
1: I am 100% with you and, man, I, I wasn't opposed to him being the guy that ended up dethroning Kenny Omega because talk about having a homegrown guy, like a... A, to me, he's more of a homegrown guy than, than Adam hangman. Page because I yeah. knew who Adam Page was, or the hangman, yeah, because I had never heard of Darby Allen, but I had heard of Hangman Page. So to me, Darby Allen is more of a success because of AEW's exposure to
0: me than anything else. So I, I'm here for Darby Allen getting that world title. The next set of questions I originally called rapid fire and quickly dropped the rapid fire part of it because I realized they're not rapid fire at all. So favorite wrestler of all time. Have you got a, have you got a pick for that? Would it be Shelton Benjamin maybe or someone else?
1: So Shelton Benjamin is number two. He, uh, he is number two. And it was actually a match he had with this individual for the IC title back in the oh, day that changed my mind. Randy Orton is my right. favorite of all time. I knew that. I knew <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big RKO guy. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, that guy, man, he, he does it for me. Like, he's – he's. I,
0: I think he's fantastic. He is – I mean, if you if you asked professional wrestlers who their favorite wrestler was – A lot of them say Randy Orton. I think he's definitely like a wrestler's wrestler. I mean, they they totally appreciate his work. I think fans a lot of time find him a bit bland, a bit boring. But no, I mean, he's definitely a very, very good wrestler. Uh, But he's not the flashiest guy in the world, I suppose. I mean, uh, there are definitely flashier guys than Randy Orton. But what he does, he does really, really well. I mean, have you got any particular favourite feuds or matches of his career? Because I really enjoyed his with christian i thought he had a great with christian back in like what 2011
1: yeah i think that's some of his best string of matches uh the smackdown match for the title was fantastic uh the actual one of the few times where a dq works fits into the story and adds to it that was good the Summerslam match no dq that's one of my favorite Randy Orton matches. I really enjoyed his match with CM Punk at WrestleMania. I thought that was a really good Under match. I think that's man. a little underappreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not talked about enough when you talk about great WrestleMania matches. Um, his match with Mick Foley as a young Randy Orton. That's, that's my really, favorite, I would say. Re- yeah. yeah. And that's, a, that's where I think a lot of people gained a lot of respect for him. Uh, I really enjoyed his match with the Undertaker. I, I bought into him beating the Undertaker, the RKO out of that chokeslam spot. Oh, the was WrestleMania fantastic. Match. Yes, yeah, the WrestleMania match. Um, that's really good. He's he has his first encounter with John Cena at SummerSlam the very first time they wrestled for the WWE championship. You know and it gets lost because they wrestled 300 times, but that's a really good match for the title um, where John Cena beats him, but that's a really good match. And I I get what people are saying because he's got some there was a span where he was doing that chin lock for about 30 seconds to a minute every match. And I I get it. You know, I kind of I get what people are saying, but there's a smoothness to him. And he's got a great power slam. His drop kick's beautiful. And the RKO, when he started just hitting it on people randomly, that's when I was just like, oh, yeah, that's my guy.
0: I'm sticking with him. Favorite match of all time. What would be your choice for that?
1: Ah, man. Now, this was hard because it's not what you think is the best match. It's your favorite match of all time. And that Sheldon HBK match is absolutely one of my favorite matches of all time. It's a, a free TV match. It's fantastic. And I almost picked it, but I think my favorite match of all time is Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. I love everything about this match. The crowd, the story, just the, the, the outcome, because, I mean, there was absolutely a chance that Triple H would put himself over, put himself in the main event to have an all-evolution main event triple threat to end WrestleMania. Let's not, let's not act like he wouldn't do that. So this, to me, was everything. It was fantastic. A great beatdown post-match to add a little intrigue to the final main event, I think this is one of the best WrestleMania openers of all time. Not, maybe, probably not the best, but I think it's right up there. You could put it up there with any match. I think it's absolutely fantastic and easily one of my favorites ever.
0: It's um, definitely like with Randy Orton and CM Punk. It's an underappreciated WrestleMania match. And I would say it's maybe the best opener other than maybe Bret versus Owen. If, if you ever saw that one, Bret versus Owen at WrestleMania ten would be my personal pick for best WrestleMania opening match. But yeah, that was uh, a really good match with Brian and, and Triple H. Do you feel in any way that um, Daniel Bryan's win was overshadowed by the streak ending on that same show? I, I don't just because he still got that
1: main event spot. And I still think it's remembered as yes you know, where, where Yes-mania started and, and where he really... Hit, I think the image of him holding those two titles at the end of the night is still... Yeah. And what hugging Conor at uh, ringside. It, yes, yeah, absolutely. Now, now, I definitely think once they think about it, they're like, oh, yeah, and Undertaker lost his streak. But I think even if they think of Undertaker losing his streak, it's like, yeah, isn't that the one where Daniel Bryan won the belt? So I, I still think that that's synonymous with WrestleMania 30. And, and thankfully it's not overshadowed by that loss, by that huge loss, because that did suck the air out of the building.
0: But can you imagine, though, if Triple H had won the opener and it was Triple H, Batista, and Randy Orton in the main event, it would not <sighs> have gone the same way. It would. It, after losing, <laughs> after the streak ending, ending with that match as well, I mean, the crowd would have been, they would have been pissed, let's be honest. I mean, they would have been furious. But um, uh, the best show you've attended live so uh, the first one you say wasn't really that memorable but um what would be your favorite show you've been to
1: so uh, there was a show in 2013 where the opener was Triple H versus Curtis Axel I know it doesn't sound that sexy but that was the first time I had gotten to see and actually the last time I ever got to see Triple H wrestle and you know have a match so that was Really cool for me because I had always wanted to see him wrestle. Uh, They come to Richmond, Virginia. That's where I'm from. And I got to see a young Shield Roman Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton. That was a a good match and a good precursor of what was to come. And I got a great, great, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen live. And, uh, I mean, one of the best Raw matches, I think, that year, if I remember, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins. And this is when Daniel Bryan was really into that, the yes movement. He, him and The Shield were just putting on great matches where he was just intertwining with different six-mans. He was with Team Hell No, so there was all that going on. Um, it was a, a great show. They capped it off with uh, Cena putting Ryback through a table after the show went off the air, so that was cool to see. Uh, but that Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins match was really special uh, I've been to some other ones, and the only other moment that really stands out as much as that match is Kevin Owens debuted in Richmond, Virginia, about two years later. So that was a really cool moment. But as far as overall show, it would definitely be that 2013
0: show. Oh, was that to answer the Cena uh, U.S. Open Challenge at the time? Was that was that the debut that Kevin Owens?
1: Yeah, he uh he came out with the NXT title as well. It was it was a really cool moment to be there live for that. So that's that's always real special. I think that's probably why I'm a big Kevin Owens fan cuz I I feel like I've been there from the start of his main roster run. So it's been it's cool to see. So yeah, that's that's a special moment for me too.
0: Now, if you could change one thing about the wrestling business, uh what would it be? So, uh is there one thing that you uh I know you're a big proponent of um, yeah, black wrestlers getting an opportunity and you must have been really thrilled to see like Big E and, and Bobby Lashley both have title runs in, in recent times. Is that something that you think they need to do more of, is spotlight black wrestlers? Because obviously there was a discussion about AEW and the big Swole tweet and all that. So what are your thoughts on the whole situation right now in relation to that?
1: So I think you know, I think it's when we you know when we talk about representation and stuff like that, and and, like it was great to see Big E and and Bobby Lashley and Bianca Belair and all them to have these great moments and great years, and that's that is what we want, and it doesn't necessarily have to be titles. Like just be prominent on TV, be featured on TV. Darby Allen, like we we talk about Darby Allen, that's somebody who hasn't had a title, but he's been able to be featured on TV weekly. You know, and he's presented well, he's presented strong. They don't have a black wrestler that's presented like that. And that's kind of that's kind of what we're what what's been said. You know, that's kind of what yeah, what, you, I, you know, one of the meanings or one of the ideas
0: is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I can kind of see that argument because one guy they could have really featured more of is Will Hobbs. And every time I see Will Hobbs, he's losing a big match, whether it's against yes. um he lost to Dante Martin the other week and I'm like I know Dante Martin's a the guy they want to feature, but that's a kind of match where to me, you give Dante Martin a big babyface comeback, but ultimately Will Hobbs should be going over at the end of that match. Uh, I, I can't see an argument for for Will Hobbs losing that one, especially on the same show where you're doing the same thing really with CM Punk and Wardlow, where CM Punk gets a sort of upset whenever Wardlow despite being dominated the whole match. Um, so yeah, Will Hobbs is definitely one they could have done more with, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great call. Like Will Hobbs is somebody that I think he should have been protected. Like he, he's lost just random matches. Even I just he's a guy that you could be building. Like I, I one person I will say they've done a great job with is Jade Cargill. Mm. You know, regardless of yeah. what you you know what we what anyone thinks about. Where she's at wrestling-wise, AEW has done a good job presenting her as special. She's presented as an attraction. You know, when Jay Cargo wrestles, people are like, "Oh, Jay about to wrestle. Let me see what she gonna do this week. Let's see how this matches." Will Hobbs, you can make Will Hobbs special. Let him come in there and beat people in like thirty seconds. Present him like you do Wardlow. Wardlow is the blueprint. You can now. present Will Hobbs just like Wardlow. Or hook. Or hook. Exactly. <laughs> one one of the big examples I point to for AEW is they had they've had two opportunities to do more with a guy named Scorpio Sky. He was the first guy to pin Chris Jericho, no follow up with that. He was the he had this great promo on AEW Dark where he's like, I'm coming back, I'm coming for the title, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm back, you know, great promo, no follow-up. Big heel turn on, on Darby Allin going after the title, no follow-up. He just falls to the wayside. Like, that's, those are opportunities where you can keep him relevant and just keep him a player. Now he's just a guy with Dan Lambert. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's kind of what we mean by – not instead of just being a guy, just keep them special. Keep Will Hobbs special. Keep Scorpio special. You've done it with Jade, so we know you can do it. We just need to see it more often.
0: And with WWE, I mean, do you think they've got the balance about right now? I mean, obviously, you know, like you say, Big E, Bobby Lashley, they've both been champions. But, I mean, there was – when you look at the history of that company, I mean, Booker T had a like a world title run, maybe a couple of world title runs, but they never had someone – holding you know the main title. Uh I mean WCW did it with Ron Simmons back in the day, but WWE never did really. And um well I think of it, I think of obviously you can't discount Booker T, but I think of Big E as being the first real African American champion that had a decent run. I mean what are your thoughts on that? I would say
1: Bobby Lashley. I think he had a good run. Um before Big E. I I thought Lashley's World title run was real strong. I, I think Big E's. See, I'm, I'm, I'm weary to give WWE too much credit on this aspect. As much as it's, I mean, are, should I be giving them credit for being progressive as far as the men go, or is this more of a who else do we? What else do we do? You know, what, what do we do in this situation? Obviously, I'm happy for the opportunity. The, the opportunities that are given. But I'm weary to just give WWE this credit as being this progressive, and this is coming from me, you know, the WWE guy for being this progressive company when <laughs> they just named somebody Gunther Stark. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, yeah. it, it, I, it's it's I, I'm I'm weary to give them that much credit when I've seen the stupidity of this company at
0: times. So I never let you actually answer the question, which was if you could change one thing. So is there one thing <laughs> or that you would change? I kind of, I kind of like, I don't know if I assumed it was going to be to do with um, uh, you know equality, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on um, what would be the one thing you could change if you if you could?
1: Well, in regards to that, the one thing I would change is that it it's not a big like that. It's normal for a black wrestler to win a title. That it's normal. Uh, for an Indian wrestler to win a title or, or any wrestler of any descent or color or heritage to win a title and it's fine you know it, it's not a big deal like it's it's normal that's what i that's what i would be the one thing I would change is and I don't mean that as in like we shouldn't celebrate things but you know when we get to the point where it's like oh we have a gay champion that's that's cool you know or it's like oh he's gay I didn't know that okay that's that's where it needs. That should be the goal, to where it's not this. He's a gay champion. Hmm. Why? Why? What did they do that for? You know. Instead of asking questions, we should just be. Oh, he's he's black. That's cool. You know. That's 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 fine. Like and, and, you know, just move on. So that's that's what I would change about the business. Where things happen, and it's just part of the business. You move on, and it, and 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 and, that, and I mean that as in we've celebrated and we've gotten to a point where we don't have to worry about people getting equal opportunities, our opportunities for everyone equally. Or I would also change who's in charge of WWE. And that would solve
0: a lot of problems too. I think also it's important that you look at those guys or girls, um, getting the opportunities and they're doing it for the right reasons as well. Because what you don't want to do is like kind of a like Jinder Mahal. When, when Jinder Mahal got the title, that was a guy they hadn't really done anything with. And like, all of a sudden, they get behind him and give him the belt. And it, it kind of felt like, I, I don't want to say they did it just because they wanted to crack in the Indian market, but it kind of felt like they that was the only reason for doing it because Jinder Mahal had no momentum behind him. It was a sort of random push to have him lose, have him beat Randy Orton. And it didn't work. It didn't work, not because of Jinder Mahal, but because no one took him seriously. In that role as champion, I mean, how did you feel about his whole run as as, as the champion a few years ago?
1: Man, so I'm I'm kind of torn on it because I'm with you in that the optics of it it just doesn't look good, especially when you have AJ Styles and Kevin Owens going after the U.S. title. I think if you have Jinder Mahal in the U.S. title, you know, and and we're doing the same thing, yeah. I think you can still accomplish the same thing. You know, you have AJ and Kevin now going after the main title. I don't think you get that same kind of what's going on with gender. Why is he all of a sudden here? I think if he goes into that U.S. title range, people are like, okay, I can see that he's, he's you know he's come back in this killer shape. He's done so he's done he's done the work. You know he looks good, and you can still build him as a big deal going to the the Indian market as the, the U.S. champion. Talk about something to talk about. I'm I'm back home and I brought the U.S. title with me. Like that's something to talk about. So they could have easily done that, and I think you would have gotten. The same to the same spot you were without
0: the backlash. I'm totally with you on that. And I think I basically said exactly the same thing at the time when they were doing that angle. I, I kind of felt it, it should have been the US title he had and not the main title. And there wouldn't have been so much backlash, like you say, against him being the champion. Because I do think that it was not fair, the backlash he got, because he's, I mean, okay, he's not the best wrestler in the world, but he's he's talented enough. He's got a great look and... I thought him and Randy Orton, they actually had a pretty decent feud. I mean, I know they had a Punjabi prison match. It's very, very difficult to have a Punjabi prison match. And I thought they pointed about as good a job as you're going to do in that that environment. Mm. So, um, yeah, I I do think it's unfair on him a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, him as a US champion would have been, I think, would have been the way to go. But uh, anyway, Scott, we could talk forever, couldn't we? I mean, uh, we're we're obviously both... uh, very big fans and, and of, the, of the business and um, it's a great group to be a part of, the the, uh, the Fight Game Facebook group and I've gotten to know so many great people through it and I count you as one of them who I, I've really enjoyed getting a, a chance to converse with on there.
1: Well, I appreciate that. It, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and the other people in the group. One thing I do enjoy about it is the very different opinions that everyone has. You know, everybody just sees things differently. And I think that's important to just remember about wrestling. And it it was important. I'm glad I got into the group because it did kind of just remind me that everybody sees things just a little bit differently. So, you know, it's been really cool to have it like that. So, yeah, this has been great. It's it's been great to get to know people like you and just, you know, see the different views, different ideas and stuff like that. So I I love it. I hope everybody come join the Facebook group, man, be a part of the conversation.
0: And do become a uh, Patreon as well, and 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 check out the rap every week. Are uh, you? You say you're now going to be on every week with uh, with Keila. Would it? Will it still sort of be a revolving door for like the third guest? So, would there like, different people sort of popping in and out? Yeah.
1: So yeah, you can still find me. I'll be on the the rap weekly with Keila Cash. She's a great host. She makes me look good every week. And there will be a revolving door. We we have different guests uh every week we have somebody new so there's a different voice there's a different energy to the show try to keep things fresh every week so yeah come check us out on fight game media join the patreon five dollars you get a lot of good content
0: so i would love to come on there but i'd have to sit through three hours of raw every week uh and that's (laughs) tough to i mean you must you must (laughs) find it at
1: least that you might have to sit through smackdown too
0: Smackdown, SmackDown, I I like a lot of what's going on. Uh, to be fair to WWE, there's there's quite a few things I really enjoy. Brock Lesnar has got to be top of the list right now. I've, I absolutely love Brock and what he's doing. Um, because, I mean, for a long time, people thought he needed Paul Heyman to speak for him. But Brock's always had a little bit of a personality and uh, he's always had this sort of funny side to him. Uh, if you remember back when he had the feud with uh, Eddie Guerrero and he came out with a sombrero on and, and dancing, he, he's always had a little bit of uh, a funny side to him, and it's great to see that come out recently. And and obviously Roman Reigns, I mean, Roman Reigns has been, I mean, probably the last sort of eighteen months of his career has been better than like the six or seven years prior to that. I mean, he's really done a fantastic job. I mean, Roman, Roman's always been great, but he's finally sort of getting his due because how do you you think that for a long, a long time Roman didn't get his due because everyone felt like he was getting forced down their throats and it wasn't sort of happening organically? 100% think
1: 100%, 100% because he, I mean, they were, they had this guy literally being Superman. He could take everything and would keep getting back up. You couldn't put him down. And people didn't respect the work he was putting in because he was putting in good matches. It just nobody cared because they were like, yo, I hate you. I hate everything they're doing with you. I hate the, how they're presenting you. Like if it's just it's crazy to think of what he could what he would what he ended up becoming when we went through four years of them trying to make him something he wasn't.
0: And the ironic thing about it in many ways is that it took them having no fans where you can literally manipulate. I mean with the Thunderdome, they did sort of try and manipulate the fans a little bit to get him to do what they wanted to do. It took that for them to turn him hill. It's like that's that's the one time where you can get the fans to actually cheer for the guy, but you're gonna turn him hill. And it was that actually was absolute perfect timing. And um yeah, I think obviously he's gonna end up being a monster babyface. There's no there's no doubt about it. I mean he's he is probably the most over guy in the company right now. And he's definitely getting cheered a lot more than he's getting booed. And I think he has got a great babyface run down the road. But um, I love this uh, whole uh, King of the, ta- um, the um, uh, you know, the uh, tribal chief, the um, head of the table thing he's doing right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, he just, I think he just literally overtook Brock, didn't he, for the longest reign since Hogan's first run as champion back in the 80s. And I personally would not take it off him for a while. In fact, what do you feel about them doing title versus title at WrestleMania of him and Brock? Because, I mean, he shouldn't be losing to Seth at the Rumble. And and Brock, I mean, Brock could lose to Lashley, I guess. But I could see him both being champion coming out of the Royal Rumble and doing a a title versus title match at WrestleMania. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I really hope that they don't. like. I think that's a match that you could save for a Survivor Series and actually give Survivor Series some stakes, give it some purpose. You know, They're going to do a champion versus champion match anyway, so why not actually give that pay-per-view a little extra oomph, give it a little extra boost by having a title versus title, and then at WrestleMania, you can have two big title matches. You can have Roman defending against somebody and Brock defending against somebody, even though I think Brock's losing at the Royal Rumble, So, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, I, I I definitely, I I don't know. I hope they don't do the unification, at least not at WrestleMania. I just, I think you save that. And I agree with you. Roman should be champion, I think, for another year. And so you have a a baby face that you're ready to put the rocket to. Because whoever beats Roman is going to be a made man that you need to be ready to build the company around.
0: There was a report that uh, day one, the original plan was for seth to win the uh, the wwe championship and for brock to beat roman for the universal title so there is a sort of feel, feel, there's a feeling out there that perhaps they'll do the opposite and have seth win the universal and have brock as a wwe champion so then you're still going you're still getting the same you're still going in the same direction as you were going to go anyway just with the titles reversed, if that, if that makes any sense. But yeah, I, I don't feel anyone should be beating Roman for a long time. And I don't really know who that guy would be, quite honestly. I mean, I know there's big talk of him versus Dwayne. Probably not this year, but maybe next year at WrestleMania. But I don't think Dwayne's the guy. I mean, they shouldn't, be be- they shouldn't have Dwayne beat him. Uh, but is that a match that intrigues you, The Rock versus uh, Roman? I, the the match does intrigue me because I mean
1: I, it's still a big marquee matchup. I, I I think people would still tune in but I wouldn't expect much as far as match quality goes. I don't, but I I would be intrigued by it. You know, you bring up who would be that guy. I think you I think you got to be looking at Braun Breaker. You know, I, I, yeah. he's shown the natural ability so far with two point He's a guy that you've you've got to be thinking. Let's get him ready in a year, and let's get ready to put the rocket strap on and win the Rumble next. Win next year's Rumble, and go after Roman Reigns. I mean, that, that's that's got to be one of the at least one of the thinking ideas and plans in in motion right now.
0: See, one guy who could have been that guy for me, and they actually did tease something with though with them at uh, I think it was Survivor Series in what year would it have been? Twenty nineteen uh, would be Keith Lee. You know, Keith Lee was a guy who had all yep. this momentum behind him in NXT, and uh, he comes up to the main roster. He did beat Randy Orton, you know, in, in like his first big match uh, at um, I forget which pay per view it was. It was I think right after SummerSlam. He um, he beat uh, Randy Orton, but then I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he just did nothing with the guy, and now he's been let go. And it's like Keith Lee felt like a guy who was can't miss. And somehow they missed on him. I don't know how that happened, but uh, yeah. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on Keith Lee? Because I think Keith Lee could have been the guy, couldn't he?
1: I I think I think you hit it on the head. I mean, the the crowd reaction not only at Survivor Series where he was at a 2-1-1 disadvantage versus Seth and Roman pinned Seth Rollins. You know, hits a big move on Roman, has the crowd going crazy and just happens to get, you know, he gets pinned. That's a big moment. He got a big crowd reaction when he went face-to-face with Brock Lesnar in the Rumble. Yep. People were excited about that. He ran through Brock and people were like, oh, okay, big moment right there. Like, those should have been signs. Those should have been tell to like, hey, we got something. Then you debuted this man with a skirt. Like, you, I, I just, I don't understand what the, the thinking was with that when. He just let that man be. Take the shirt off him. Let him have his stomach out. That's what makes Keith Lee special. He doesn't have this chiseled, you know, carved out of stone physique. He's got a he's got a little chub to him, but that adds to it. That adds to when he does a drop down, you know, uh, jump over, springboard, or drop kick. Like when he does all that, it adds to that. His look adds to him. So, yeah, they had something right there. He, he's a guy you could have built around. And even if he doesn't beat Roman, he's a guy you could have built up to challenge Roman.
0: And then, I mean, another guy who they brought up and uh, did a terrible job with, in my opinion, and now he's gone too, would be Karrion Cross. I mean, I, I don't think Karrion Cross had quite the same potential as, as Keith Lee. Cause I, I, I don't think, I didn't see as much in Karrion Cross as I did in Keith Lee, in all honesty. But he was certainly someone who had that look Adding Scarlet to the presentation I thought was, was great too. But then he comes up to the main roster, doesn't have Scarlet, loses to Jeff Hardy in what two minutes? And I'm just left scratching my head thinking, What on earth are you doing? Because here's another guy who they could have built up. And I mean they're not the only two examples because I mean Alistair Black will be another one as well. I mean That's a great one. Yeah, and and I mean, Andrade to a, to a point as well. I mean, these are guys that all, you know, recent or fairly recent in the last few years, NXT champions. And they could have come up to the main roster and really been someone. And, and for whatever reason, it's not happened. And, and I do think it comes back to what you were talking about earlier. They need someone new running the company because I don't know if Vince knows what works in 2022 i mean he always used to know you know when things were going wrong yeah you know, he knew who to turn to or he knew how to put it right i don't have any faith in vince to know how to put it right in 2022 do you
1: no nah, he hasn't given any any reason to think he has um i, I do think the 2.0 though is showing it's showing signs, guys yeah. and girls who yeah, it's absolutely showing signs of people who may have been lost back in, you know, lost in the shuffle back in the PC. Because like I think the Creed brothers have something there. Um, we talk about Braun Breaker, Raquel Gonzalez. I think she's main roster ready. So there's there's people back there. Grayson Waller is a guy who I think will will be on the main roster for a long time in the mix. So like I, I think for that. But as far as fixing the main roster like you said he doesn't have that guy to go to he that used to be brock brock's here you know that was the rock rock's like no i'm good he always had cena cena's like nah man
0: i'm turning to i'm trying to be the biggest movie star right now so he he doesn't have that guy he could always bring back the undertaker and and he can't do that anymore i mean yeah i mean you've got goldberg but I don't really know what Goldberg brings to the table in, in 2022. I know, I know he'll do like two or three matches a year, but yeah, probably one of them being Saudi, and then he might do like a WrestleMania and then another show. But that's the only real guy they've got right now is is Goldberg. Because as you say, Rock, I mean, they probably will get Rock and Roman, as we talked about. But Cena, I mean, he'll come back here and there. Um, but apart from them, I mean, there's nobody else really. Um, I mean, I look at Sting and although Sting is 62 years old and you could say, well, he shouldn't really be in there. If you look at what he's done in AEW compared to his time in WWE, it's night and day. I mean, and it comes back to Vince never wanting to spotlight guys that m- made their name elsewhere. Anybody he yeah. didn't create yeah, yeah. much. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, do you think that's a fair—that's a fair comment? Because I know he's sixty-two and he maybe shouldn't be in the ring anymore. But I mean, he's been doing a great job. I mean, he—I think a lot of people have been surprised. Maybe, well, yeah, I think surprise maybe is the word because you know they wouldn't expect Sting to be this good at this stage of the game, but he is. Man, I, I
1: think Sting's been so good that I'm—I'm I'm actually root I was rooting for them to be the ones to take the tag titles and I still hope they actually do get a tag title run they in should. the Darby. Yeah. I think they should too and I think it's a good one. you can protect Sting in the tag team. Darby can work eighteen, you know, or I have like a fifteen minute match. He can work twelve to fifteen minutes. You know, and just Sting come in to a couple spots. Darby go in, get beat down, Sting come in for the big finish. Like you can do that. And and I, I think that would be a really cool moment and you want to talk about something that WWE would never do? They would never let Sting win a title, <laughs> and, 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 you know, in, in WWE. So I think that would be really cool. And I agree with you. That's that's exactly why anything that and that's why he changes names. Like Walters built his name everywhere, and now that Vince wants to use him, he's got to change his name and, and just and just yeah. feed into the the stupidity that that is whatever's whatever he's doing right now. With Bruce Prichard, because that's just all they do is create stupidity. So, yeah, yeah, I, it does. It just it doesn't make sense uh, why Sting got treated like that. He's he didn't win a single match, if I remember correctly, in WWE, and I don't think he's lost a match in AEW. So night and day.
0: I think there was like one tag where he teamed with Cena against somebody. Uh, I can't even remember what match it was now. I think he had like a tag match on Raw, but he lost. Obviously lost at WrestleMania, which to me was a ridiculous decision to have him lose at WrestleMania, Triple H. He definitely should have won that. And then, of course, mm-hmm. he had the match with Seth at um, uh, Night of Champions or Clash of Champions, whatever they called the show. And uh, he obviously got hurt and that sort of put an end to his uh, run with WWE. But yeah, he's he's doing a fantastic job in AEW. And uh, he is someone they could have gone back to and, and brought out for special occasions, but again, that's not really solving the problem. I mean, that's something they have relied on too much is bringing back guys from the past when you really need to invest in the future. I mean, I I know they're trying now with Austin Theory and maybe Austin Theory is the guy, who knows? I mean, I kind of feel there's a lot of better choices out there. I I think he's still quite young and quite green, but I mean, he's definitely got something. Um, So let's give him a chance.
1: Yeah, I'm actually really high on Austin Theory. I I like what he brings to the table. And I think now at this point, WWE is going to have to really shift gears. And I think it's time to, you know, we're we're talking about the men and who could be the guy. I think they need to really start focusing on the women because I think they have a woman on their roster who they could genuinely build around and be the top player like Becky Lynch was. And that's Rhea Ripley. Oh yeah, She's just waiting over there on Raw and she can be a top like she's a star man when she walks out people take notice people take a second look when she walks by i and it's because she's tall she's good looking she's
0: she looks like an athlete she looks like she would beat you up that's what you want out of your wrestler i kind of feel that wrestlemania see i can't remember the i can, I can remember wrestlemania from 20 years ago a lot mem- a lot better than recent wrestlemania's but Uh, WrestleMania in 2019, I think it was. Uh, No, actually, it was 2020, 2020, whatever number that would have been, 35, 34, 35, whatever it was. Um, They had Charlotte versus Rhea, and they had Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch, okay? And Becky and Charlotte both won. And I remember thinking at the time, you had an opportunity here to make two new women with Shayna and Rhea. And okay, maybe you don't want to make both of them, just make one. And they had both of them lose. And to me, that made no sense. I, I felt that both of those girls had so much momentum coming from NXT. And obviously, Rhea was in NXT at the time and lost the title to Charlotte. And I kind of felt that was such a mistake because Charlotte going back to NXT... Didn't really do anything for NXT. I mean, it, it kind of felt like a complete waste of time to me. I mean, what what are your thoughts on 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 that and how they sort of um, how they brought Rhea and and uh, Shane onto the main show a couple of years ago?
1: So I, I I agree with you. I think Charlotte Flair when she came down initially and she you know won the Rumble and was like, "I'm gonna go after the NXT title." I was like, "This is good" because I thought you know we're going to Rhea Ripley it's not only going to elevate her by beating Charlotte Flair but this is a nice little boost for NXT you know to have their women's champion beat a top tier champion like Charlotte Flair um, and and as far as the Shayna Baszler one goes she had been like I, i'm pretty sure she just ran through the elimination chamber and was and eliminated everyone by herself and was just like waiting in the ring for each person to come out so it, it's like you built up these monsters, this this monster for Becky Lynch, and she just vanquished her on the first try. You like you said, you could have yeah. made someone right there. You know the yeah. the real one is the, is really the 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 biggest miss of all because she came off a huge win in NXT where she was the she was the the, the face of NXT for a minute there.
0: Yeah, and if you go back a couple of the years prior to that, they did exactly the same thing with um, Asuka. You know, Asuka came up undefeated, never lost actually the NXT title. She sort of retired in NXT as the champion, goes to the main show, but loses to Charlotte at WrestleMania. And again, I thought exactly the same thing there. Asuka should have won. I mean, I get that you want to protect Charlotte and Becky and, and make them the focal point, but you can't. You shouldn't be doing that at the expense of other women that you could be building up on your roster. And I think if you look at this year's Royal Rumble and the women they've got in there, I mean, it, it's they've had to kind of like bring in Mickie James from Impact, and they're bringing back the Bellas, and it's like they had a really great women's division, and I kind of feel they've they've squand. I would say they squandered it that would be going a little bit too far maybe, but they certainly had some real missed opportunities to make women on their roster in the last few years. And Bianca Belair kind of stands out as the one that's kind of risen above it and and actually gotten a good, a good shot. And I was absolutely thrilled to see her and Sasha main event last year on night one and her win the title. and, And that was a great moment. And she's done pretty well for herself, but yeah, I mean, they have kind of, they have kind of squandered everyone else to a point. I mean, how do you feel about the current state of women's wrestling in WWE? Because it, it kind of feels like it was at a high point a few years ago, but it's kind of come down a bit now.
1: I I just did a, a, a throwback review for the Patreon on fight, fight Game where I looked at the 2017 Rumble. This is before the women had a Royal Rumble match. And one of the women's matches on that show was Charlotte Flair versus Bailey. Now this is the the Hugger Bailey, the Ponytail Bailey. Oh. And you know they kind of go through some of the women on, on the roster at the time, and you think about where they are now, and who ha- who stands out now from 2017. Charlotte's still on top. Bailey's still on top. Becky Lynch is still on top. Sasha's still on top. It's the same women. The only people who have been made is, like you said, Bianca Belair. She stands out because they've actually done pretty well by her, by all accounts. I think they've done a good job with Asuka for the most part. She's a multiple-time winner. She's a Royal Rumble winner. I think she's still – and she's been away for a while, so I think that adds a little bit to her whenever. And, God, please, I hope she comes back because she's easily my favorite WWE uh, women's wrestler. Um, So hopefully she comes back. And Rhea Ripley's somebody that they should be doing more. Like, she feels notches below Bianca Belair. Not, she feels like she's on that Liv Morgan level, and that's not a good thing. And I, I that's not a knock on Liv, but Rhea shouldn't feel like, you know, the, if she wins a match, it's like, oh, that's cool. Rhea should lose a match. and You're like, why is she losing? That's what it should feel like. She shouldn't be losing. I just, I, I'm worried about it because you, you, outside of the horsewomen, you got Alexa Bliss who plays with dolls <laughs> and you got Liv Morgan who I'm just not sold on. I don't think she's it. Well, they've you have them pretty well.
0: They've given you no reason to, to care about Liv really. I mean, they, they tried to, to, to push her against Becky for the title. And it's like, why would I care about this this feud? Because you're giving me no reason. Exactly. You're giving me no reason to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Asuka, Asuka's done well, as you say. Maybe not as well as she, perhaps they, they should have, she could have done. I, I kind of thought they have pulled the rug out from under a couple of times when they really could have got behind her a bit more. But Bailey, see, Bailey's obviously out right now. I'm looking forward to when she comes back. She's a little bit underappreciated, I think. I mean, she certainly has done well, um, but she kind of feels like the weakest of the four, not in terms of talent, but in terms of how they presented her. And I kind of feel that she doesn't get the due she deserves because she had that really great reign as as champion on SmackDown. And obviously her and Becky, uh, sorry, no, sorry, her and Sasha rather, were the, the champions as well. So she had the two belts and then they finally did the split and they had like one match and then it was done. They had like a Hell in a Cell match, didn't they? And and then it was done. It was on to the next thing. I would have liked to have seen a longer feud with Sasha and, and um, Bailey because they built out for so long and they just kind of brushed it off after one big match. And that kind of felt like a shame. It kind of felt they needed like two or three matches before they got to Hell in a Cell. But it's like a meet there in a Hell in a Cell and then it's done. I mean, do you How do you feel about that? Do you feel they could have done more with that feud?
1: Yeah, I, I think they, they really dropped the ball with that feud. I, I think, and to, to one of your earlier points, I think Bailey is arguably the best one out of the four. And I think she's shown that with her heel run. I, I just think she's so versatile in that she can actually get the fans to boo her and get the fans to genuinely cheer her. And that's been something that, out you know, Sasha Banks is the only other one who can do both. Charlotte can't yeah. really get the fans to get behind her. Becky's shown she can't really get the fans to boo her like they want her to, but Bailey can. And Bailey can go in the ring. So man, I, I think Bailey not only is she one of the most underappreciated of the four, she might be the best of the
0: four she all is, around. She is my favorite of the four, personally. Uh, I've always been a big fan of hers, and I, I kind of felt that she could have been as you mentioned earlier, when she was the Hugger Bailey and and she had that big following in NXT, she could have come up and been like the female John Cena in terms of like this this woman that um, the fans could really gravitate towards, and she could do a lot of like Make a Wish stuff and be like the yeah like the female well like the female John Cena in in a way, um, and they just kind of never they've never really fully got behind her. I don't feel in the same way as they've done with Charlotte and uh, Becky. And Sasha, to a point, has kind of been kind of stop and start as well because they'll give her a reign here and there. But I don't think any of her reigns as champion have been that long when you when you actually look back at it. I mean, her and Charlotte were sort of trading it back and forth, it, it, it seemed like, for a, a, a while there. And um, they've never really given her a like, really good run as champion. I don't think I don't think so. Yeah, I think Becky and Charlotte have definitely been the two they've they've done the most with. But it's kind of a shame they haven't been able to really build up others because they've had opportunities. As you say, Asuka's done okay, but they haven't really gotten behind Rhea or Shayna. You'd love to think Raquel would come up and do well, but sort of previous history tells you it probably won't happen. So it's kind of hard to really get excited uh, for any new, like Tony Storm, for example. You know, Tony Storm Perfect comes feasible. up, and now she's gone, <laughs> completely from the company. So, yeah. Anyway, we are going off on a real tangent here, but I've really enjoyed this uh, sort of discussion <laughs> we're having about the, the the current things in WWE because I know, as you say, you're very much the considered WWE guy in the Facebook group. But um, yeah, I I love your, uh, your 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 views on on uh, what's going on because they they do sort of tally pretty much with what I'm saying as well. So uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think we've had a great, a good discussion here at the end of the show.
1: No, this, this was good, man. Let me tell you something. I, when it's so easy to get lost when, when you're talking about stuff that you're passionate about. And that's what I love about the group. That's what I love about you and the other people in the group is that there's, there's a real passion about wrestling. Like we all love to talk about this and to watch it. So it's, It's very easy to get caught up and just lose track of time and just especially when you're just chopping it up, man. This this was a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad you invited me on. I I will. I would. I'd love to chop it up with you anytime you want to talk about wrestling. This is great.
0: Yeah. I love to. uh, Yeah. I I, I say it to every guest, but yeah, I'd love to have um, you back at some point because this this show I'm doing right now obviously only has a relatively short shelf life in a way because I'm sure I'm going to run out of guests at some point. Uh, But, um, yeah, I just love to to sit here and talk with, you know, like-minded folks such as yourself who have been fans for... I mean, you're a little bit younger than me. Uh, I was born in 86. Uh, You were born in, what, 1990? So, like, three or four years younger than me. But we've kind of, you know, obviously been fans for roughly the same period of time. And, uh, yeah, it's been great to to have you on. And and, um, just quickly before we go, uh, just uh, where can folks find your podcast you do it, it would it be like spotify and apple Podcasts and all the sort of obvious places yeah you can
1: find the take a knee for marvel vs. dc podcast anywhere you get your podcast apple spreaker radio public tune spotify all those places um come like subscribe leave us five stars let us know what you think uh find me on the rap, on the fight game
0: media podcast you can find that anywhere you get your podcast as well Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure, and like I say, whenever I uh, do another podcast about wrestling, I would love to have you back.
1: Oh, I'll definitely be back, and you know, if you, whenever you feel like putting them, them five to seven hours of
0: WWE in your life, we got a seat on the wrap waiting on you. Oh, I would love to, because uh, I've had Keeler on the show, and I, I've loved uh, talking with Keeler as well, so I'm sure I will have to just, I will have to do it to myself, I'll have to sit there and, and watch three hours of Raw two hours of SmackDown, two hours of NXT, and Ooh. and come on The Wrap and, and talk it. That's a lot, lot wrestling. of wrestling. That is a lot of wrestling, but, you know, I, I can do it. I can do it. So uh, it, it probably require me to have, like, a week off of work so I could really properly sit down and watch it all, and and I can come over with you guys and, and talk about it. But, uh, yeah, Scott Young, thank you very much. I've been David Lovell. You've been listening to another episode of the How I Caught the Wrestling Bug podcast.